Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. Hey, Radiant family. Today we start a brand new series simply entitled Jesus, uh, Prophet, Priest, King, and Savior. Uh, and so we are starting this series because I believe sometimes we, we see the person of Jesus very narrowly or just in the way that we need Jesus to be for us. And so some of us see him as a redeemer, as a forgiver, as a friend, and all those things are true. But my hope in these next few weeks is that we would see Jesus bigger, that he would be bigger in our thoughts, bigger in our minds, bigger in our hearts, that our allegiance to Jesus, the King of Kings, the great high priest and the prophet like Moses, he would be large in our hearts and in our lives. And so for the next couple of weeks, uh, leading up until Easter Sunday, we're going to be talking about the person of Jesus. Um, and the way we're going to be talking about him is in this threefold office of prophet, priest, and king. What does that mean and what does that mean for us and what should we do with that information in the world that we now live in? And so why are we doing this again? Are we doing this so that, man, that our vision of who Jesus is in our lives and in our minds would enlarge, would enlarge. I believe what we believe about Jesus is the most important thing. Uh, I know what you're what activities your kids are involved in, what job you have, who you marry, where you go to school, all those things are important. But what you believe about Jesus is the most most important thing about you. Why? Because it has eternal and temporal significance. What we believe about Jesus is so important eternally because it determines whether we see God in eternity or not. But even more than whether we go to heaven or hell, which is sometimes it seems like, okay, what about this life here? Not only does what we believe about Jesus the most important thing for our eternity, but it's also the most important thing for our day-to-day lives. You see, if we just see Jesus as a savior of our sins, good, that's true and right. But if we don't see him as bigger than that, then what about the problems in our lives? What about the brokenness in our lives? What about the needs of our lives? Does Jesus care about those things or does he just care about our soul, but not our finances, our soul, but not our family, our soul, but not our day to day struggles? And so our vision of who Jesus is will shape whether we come to him with our problems, with our concerns, with our fears, with our failures. You see, if we see Jesus as just a king, then we may live in fear of disproving or disapproval of the king. We may live in fear of his punishment and his wrath and never really know his love. If we see Jesus just as our brother and our friend, then we will not have the proper perspective of worship to see him rightly as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, who Jesus is to you is the most important thing about you. And so that's why we're going to spend the next several weeks walking through what the Bible says that Jesus is using these categories of prophet, priest, and king, and then on Easter Sunday, Savior. So let me read just a, uh, one or two verses here, and then I want us to pray. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says this, This letter from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you, from the one who is always, who is still to come, the sevenfold spirit before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, listen carefully, who is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. 
You see, in Revelation chapter one, we see that he that John begins to unfold this threefold office of Jesus as the faithful witness, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. With that in mind, let me just spend a few moments in prayer before we dive further in. Father, God, I thank you for this opportunity to just be in your word with your people. God, as I pray as we are watching this online in all the various places that we may be gathered, I pray that you would transcend the boundaries of technology and your spirit would work in our hearts, that you would quiet every distraction around us and in us, and we would be able to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's keep diving in. John, the revelator, the the one who wrote the book of Revelation, he's saying greetings from Jesus, who is the faithful witness, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. And so here in this one verse, we see the threefold office of Jesus as the faithful witness, the prophet, the one who raises the dead, the first sacrifice, the priest and the king, the ruler of all the kings, the king of kings of this world. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about Jesus as prophet and priest and king and what all of that means. But today we're going to start with the very first uh, name that Jesus gets in the book of Revelation, chapter one, verse five. And that is the, the prophet, the faithful witness. So what do you think being a prophet in the Bible means? Uh, for many of us, we think of uh, the prophet Isaiah or the prophet Jeremiah or all these other prophets who called God's people back to repentance. Uh, Jeremiah called the weeping prophet oftentimes with tears and lamentation would see the sins of Israel and call his people back, call them to repentance, call them to faithfulness. And we see the story over and over again in the Old Testament of how there would be a season of faithfulness and then there would be a season of disobedience and God would always send a man, God would always send a prophet to remind people of who God is, of who they are, and what God requires of his people. And that's what the job of a prophet was. And sometimes that required uh, telling the future. Sometimes that required special insights and words of wisdom and knowledge. But the one consistent thread of what a prophet meant to be in the Bible is to call people back to God, to call people back to God. And so flip over really quick with me to Acts chapter three, Acts chapter three. And we're going to look at uh, just a passage here where we're going to begin to see that uh, Jesus was also a named prophet. So Acts chapter three, verses, uh, let's start at uh, 21. Talking about Jesus, for he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Verse 24, starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. And you are children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Here, uh, the author Luke is saying that when Moses predicted in Deuteronomy chapter 18, that Moses said that, man, there is coming a one day the prophet, not just a prophet, not just one, another prophet in the line of prophets, but there is coming the prophet one day that God will raise up like me that will call his people back to repentance. And Luke makes that connection clear 
that the prophet, the one prophesied about, was Jesus. So the question that I begin to ask is, how is Jesus a prophet like Moses? If, if the word of God is saying that God will raise up a prophet like Moses, how is Jesus a prophet like Moses? And so uh, this is a really interesting story starting in the book of Exodus about the, the story and the leadership of Moses. But here are the highlights for you. Who was Moses? Well, he was born um, a Jew, but raised in Pharaoh's temple and castle. Then uh, through his anger and injustice over uh, a Hebrew slave being beaten, ran and spent 40 years in the wilderness. And in that wilderness moment, God called him out as a spokesman and as a representative to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Do you see the similarities already? You see, just like Moses, Jesus was the very son of God. And yet he spent his time being born and being raised in a foreign place. And that foreign place was the earth. You see, Jesus was God himself. And so uh, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's castle, but Jesus was raised in the foreign place of humanity, wrapping on human flesh and being raised as a child in a place. And just like uh, Moses was called out of the wilderness, so Jesus went into the wilderness to be tested and tried by Satan and through those things received the affirmation and endorsement of God into ministry and was called out of that wilderness to come back as a herald of liberation. You see, Moses was a liberator. His people were in bondage. His people were in slavery. And Moses went to the, the powers that be and said, let my people go. And just like Moses was the liberator, so we find Jesus preaching the kingdom of God. Do you know that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than heaven and more than hell? He talked about the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is where God gets what he wants. The redeemed people who are made free from sin and its effects, free to live in righteousness and holiness. And so Jesus spent almost his entire ministry declaring and proclaiming the kingdom of God, not just the escape from earth, heaven, not just the, the damnation of hell, but the principles and power of the kingdom of God at work. And so like Moses, he was the liberator. He was the great redeemer who called God's people out of bondage, not just to a physical slavery, but of a slavery to sin itself. That's what prophets do. They say, come back to God. Come back to God. I think about my own salvation story. And I credit how I came to, to God as really a miracle story, really the result of the prayers from my mother and father and so many men and women around me who knew me and loved me. You see, I, I, it was, I don't really have a horror story. I, I didn't you know, end up in the hospital. I didn't you know, have this horrible thing that happened. It was literally one day when I was living my life my own way, I began to hear the still voice of God pulling me. And I, I remember sitting in an IHOP, eating lunch with friends, and my mind was racing as I began to think about all the times God had saved my life. All the times God had spared me from the consequences of my own decisions. And I began for the first time, even though I was raised in and around church, even though I heard the gospel preached a bunch of times, even though I had so many good influences in my life. I remember hearing for the first time as God began to minister to my heart in the midst of all these people, I began to realize, man, I am a bad person and God is a good God. And for the first time, it began to trigger in my mind that I needed a savior. You see, that was the prophetic ministry at work in my own life. 
saying, look at who God is, look at who you are and come back to him. And I don't know what your story is, but if you know Jesus, you have experienced the prophetic ministry of our Savior at work in your life, telling you to come back home, to be free from sin. Verse 23 of Acts chapter 3, then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Uh, it's important for us to, to, to hear this clearly, church. Um, Jesus was a prophet like Moses. He was not a prophet the same as Moses. You see, Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Amos and all the other prophets that had come before, they always pointed to a God that they themselves were not. They were pointing to somebody else. Go back to the God who loves you. Go back to the God who redeemed you. Go back to the God who freed you. Go back to the nation of Israel. Go back, people of God. You see, Jesus is a prophet like Moses, but he's not the same prophet as Moses because Jesus doesn't say go back to the God. He says, come back for I am he. You see, Jesus's prophetic ministry doesn't point to an external person. It points to himself. He's saying, come back to me. Why? Because I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man will see the father except through me. No man will see God except through the ministry of Jesus Christ. If you reject the prophetic ministry of Jesus Christ in your life, if you reject God saying, come back through the ministry of Jesus, you have found yourself in opposition to the creator of the heavens and the earth. You have found yourself forfeiting in eternity with him. I've said it before and I'll say it again. God doesn't send anyone to hell. What he does is he respects the choice that you made on earth. And if on this earth you said, I don't want to listen to Jesus, I will reject conviction. I hear what you're saying, but I don't want it. All God does is say, "Okay, you said you don't want it. And so you won't have it. Not today or every other day in eternity. And that's what the word of God is saying is anyone who doesn't reject this Moses won't just be disobedient, but will, will be cut off from God's people. Not listening and responding to Jesus has eternal and damnable consequences. Family, I'm, I'm grateful for my own testimony. I'm grateful that God gave me time. You see, my father was involved in ministry. My mother was involved in ministry. Man, I grew up going to church all the time, right? And I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean all the time. There was Monday night Bible study and, and Tuesday night Bible study and Wednesday night prayer meeting and Thursday night kids thing and Friday night preparation and Saturday night conference and Sunday morning service, Sunday morning service, Sunday morning service. And then sometime when it was dark, you find yourself home, sleeping, wake up to do it again. And so I was around and exposed to all of the church had to offer. And yet, if I did not decide to follow Jesus, I would be cut off. And I would say, no, no, God, I was at church all the time. But what did you do about Jesus? But, but no, God, I was, I was better than a lot of my friends. I didn't do everything that they did. Matter of fact, I was a pretty good person most of the time. But what did you do about Jesus? Well, uh, God, I volunteered. I, I gave my money. I gave my time. There was this one person broke down on the side of the street and I, and I helped them. But what did I do about Jesus? You see, the, the, the qualification for an eternity with God is not what we do, but what we do with Jesus. 
How have we responded to him prophetically saying in our lives, come back home? And so I'm grateful that God gave me time. When I was at church services six, seven days a week, I'm grateful that God didn't snatch my life. I'm glad that he gave me another chance and another chance and another chance until one day God broke my heart and I was able to see and receive him. But that time is a gift, family, a gift that we do not know when will expire. And so I don't know when your last day will be on this earth, but I know it's coming. And if you have not made a decision to follow Jesus, then you have made a decision to not follow Jesus. You have made a decision to reject the prophet and so be cut off from God's people. And for the brothers and sisters who have accepted Jesus Christ, who are listening to this. Do you still allow the prophetic ministry of Jesus in your life? Not just to save you from your sins, but maybe to save you from yourself. Look what it says in verse 26. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Did you hear it? The prophetic ministry of Jesus in the believer's life is to bless us by helping us to turn from the things that we think are good for us. You see, I don't know any Christian who, who uh, is actively involved in a sin that they know is a sin and they hate doing. I'm outside of some uh, forms of addiction and other things. Most of us are just casual sinners, right? Uh, we are saints by the blood of Jesus Christ, but uh, most of our sin, we struggle not to choose because it seems so good to us. And what's the harm? It ain't hurting nobody. I just need this in my life. And so when God calls us to repentance, even as believers, sometimes it doesn't feel like a blessing. It feels like a curse. It feels like Jesus is trying to take something from us, not put something in us. And so one of the ways that we can allow the prophetic ministry of Jesus to still be at work in our lives after salvation is to allow Jesus to bless you by freeing you from your sin. Allow Jesus to bless you by freeing you from your sin. And what area of your life have you rejected the blessings of Jesus the prophet in your life because you are holding tightly on to your sin when he wants something better for you, when he wants something better to do through you? I think about the, the sins that I have held on for far too long, whether it be laziness or, or comfort or, or other things, and it felt like God had to sometimes pry those things out of my hands. And let me be clear, family. God loves you enough to pry those things from your hands. God, God loves you enough to, to sometimes allow circumstances to break us so that he can rebuild us in his image, in his likeness. But like God gave me time and patience, so God is patient with us giving us chances that as we read the word every day that he's telling us to come back, give up that area of sin, come back to me. As we live in our groups and community, we hear words of encouragement, affirmation, come back, let that thing go, come back. And he's patient with us. But God loves us enough that sometimes if he must pry our fingers open from the sins that we are so desperately clutching on to, his love will compel us to sometimes open the hand so that he can take out that which is killing us, sin, and bless us with his presence and his power in our lives. So what does it mean for Jesus to be the prophet? 
it means that he was not just pointing to a future hope and a future salvation the way that all the other prophets did. He was pointing to a present hope and a present salvation because he was not just the prophet. He was the object of prophecy. He was what he was prophesying about. And that means we have a current living, real access to all the promises of God in Jesus. And so as a, you may be an unbeliever right now, you may be undecided about where you are, hear the prophetic voice of God through Jesus saying, come to me. Repent of your sins. Stop carrying the burdens of your own life on your shoulders and come to me and find rest. For those who are believers, still hear the prophetic voice of Jesus saying, let me bless you. Let me bless you by freeing you from the power of sin. Let me bless you by making those broken parts whole. Let me bless you by giving you a new hope and a new mind and a new future. Let me bless you by sometimes letting go of the things that we feel like are so important to us. This is the prophetic ministry of Jesus. Will you allow him to minister to your heart and to your life today? Let me pray for us. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.